Welcome to the Proven Path Podcast. Today we're here with Michael Mayer, best-selling author. Congratulations. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your market. Okay. I'm in the Kansas City market. Uh, we're split by the state line right down the middle. Uh, most of the agents in the city do uh, business in Kansas and Missouri. What's interesting about our current market is we have had the downturn. It's downturned sharply, you know, 15% one year, 19%, 9% so far this year. And in California, they're sneezing at that. But what they don't realize is that we went up 4% a year forever. Uh, we did not have the bubble like they did. You know, when they go down 20%, they went up 100% three years ago. So they're like, they're still ahead of the game. But we wiped out years of appreciation in our market with this downturn. So we have everything from short sales to foreclosures to everything that everybody else has. We just really didn't get the benefit of it early. So what are you doing to bring it back? I'm hiring people. I think that's the answer, right? It's always about jobs. I think that the area, we, we were heavy in telecom for a long time. And uh, overall, I think that now Kansas City has learned that they needed to diversify. Now, me, my personal business, you know, we've had record years two out of the last three years. And what we've done is is focus on what got us through the good years, you know, 2000 to 2007. Uh, we, we were building a base for what has not really even allowed us to survive, but has actually propelled us to thrive in the in the current market. We just had an email come in from Luke. When branding yourself in your marketplace, what's the message that you convey? What a great question. And and Luke, I'll tell you what, there, there's so much talk on the word brand right now. And, and I'm going to just throw this out there. It's going to be a little counterintuitive. It's going to be a little myth-busting, if you will. But it's far more important to manage your reputation than it is your brand. Uh, it, it's time we think a little bit less like companies. I think you run your business like a company, but think less like a company and think more like a coach. And think of uh, what does a coach do? A coach helps other people. A reputation of, as a realtor, great, super stuff. But I can tell you that a reputation as a helper and as a giver is 10 times more powerful than having the reputation as a realtor. If I wanted to move jobs, not that I ever will, but if I wanted to move jobs and sell Xerox copiers, which is going to be more beneficial to me, a reputation as a realtor or a reputation as a helper, as a giver? My database, when I call them, which is more important, my brand or my reputation? My brand as a realtor, my brand as a company, or my reputation as a helper. If I've helped them, truly helped them in their life, which which call are they going to answer? That one or from Realtor Joe? They're going to answer the call from the helper and the giver every single time. So you no longer have call reluctance because they want to answer the phone. You want to make the call and there's no more pressure on you. Now, when they come to real estate, they're gonna, they know you're in real estate. They're going to call you for real estate. It's a no-brainer by that time. Uh, but but I think it's far more important to 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 really manage your reputation versus managing your brand. Stop thinking like a brand. I really believe that. My MBA is in marketing and communications, and and the the powerful thing is is we need to quit marketing to people and learn to communicate with people. Because you and me, Mike, you know it. Luke, he doesn't either. He doesn't like to be marketed to. He doesn't want to be a target market. Nobody likes to be a target. 
But you know what? We love to be communicated with, and we love to be a part of a community. So what do I do personally to be a helper and a giver? Quite honestly, I think it goes to the root of our soul. I think we're born to be givers and helpers. I truly do. What's so cool about giving is you can't help another without helping yourself. You can't make another feel good without feeling good yourself. That's the beauty of the generosity generation. That's the beauty of how we're building our, our, our business right now is, is that it's built with a feel good. You know, everything we do is based on benevolence and based in benevolence. We do things that we would want done unto us. Uh, the, the powerful part of that is, is just start giving tomorrow. Give yourself an hour, an hour of honor is what I call it, an hour tomorrow. And I want you to, okay, I know it's business time, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call five people that I know, whether I've talked to them yesterday or talked to them six years ago. I'm going to call them and I'm just going to get interested in them. I'm going to find out more about them and I'm going to ask them how I can help them. And I'm going to really mean it this time. I'm going to really ask them and say, no, really, I want to help you. You know, what's going on in your life right now? And, and, and look for opportunities to help where they don't even ask you to help. You know, I had dinner with a, a fella tonight, brand new baby, going to have a baby. Uh, they're due December 26th. Well, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm going to Amazon. I'm going to order BabyWise because that's like the best book ever. And I know this because now I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, Ugh. But I'm going to buy BabyWise, order it for them, ship it over to them. They can be reading it right now. That cost me maybe $15, but it, it's a way to help, and he didn't even ask for that help. But he's definitely going to need it. <laughs> Michael, let's shift a little bit. How did you get where you're at today? Well, you know, they, they always say that it's the people you hang around with, it's the books you read, and it's what you listen to. And I think that's where I'm at. I've read over 1,500 business books. I read five books a week. I don't encourage that to anybody. I happen to really enjoy reading. I think the way I got to where I'm at now is is why I think I'm going to be even more successful in the future is because you truly are who you associate with. New agents, you're, you're out there. I want you to know that if you called the top five agents in your city, four out of those five would sit down at lunch with you and help you out. The other thing is it is the books that you read. Uh, if, if you're not reading books, read short articles on the, on the Internet, broker agent, Inman News, some of these business building articles, feed your mind on a daily basis with with those types of things. And then, man, it's Automobile University. Like Zig Ziglar says, Automobile University. When you're driving around in your car and it's just you, get a CD in there that's on sales tapes, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, especially Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn. Oh my gosh, the brilliance that is out there that you don't have to try to think of. They've already thought of it, and they can put it in your brain. And and I think that's what's going to propel me at the next part. So what skills do you think you've really attained from all the reading? First of all, I've learned how to learn. You know, I, I think that's the biggest thing is at first I was learning for pleasure uh, or reading for pleasure and learning uh, for pleasure. And, and, and eventually it got to the point where it was learning to, to hone my craft and what it is, it's like Howard Brinton says, it's like a, it's like a pearl, right? And what I did through those readings is I continued to shine the pearl, you know, to shine the pearl uh, that all of us have inside of us, you know, at varying degrees of shininess. It just needs to be exposed and, and shined. You mentioned generosity generation. Mm-hmm. Describe that for me. Well, what has happened is, and, and yeah, I've coined it, but listen, it, it was already there. 
Um, it, it's a it's 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 an initiative that has turned into a movement, and the generosity generation is the pendulum swing that we have seen in in the marketplace from a consumer standpoint. From 2000 to 2007, we were in what I call the ego era. We were in a time where big numbers and personal promotion and big advertising was all the rage. And something happened in 2008. The market fell. And with that market, we went from an allaboutme.com to an allaboutyou.com. And by the way, right in the middle of that, Time Magazine made you the person of the year. After they had all these different people, they had front cover of a mirror and you looked at it, and Time Magazine made you. And that's the truth. We are now in an all about you. The long tale, right, written about by Chris Anderson, is that your websites are entirely have to be about the consumer, the Internet-empowered consumer. Well, what has happened is we had this business that fed our ego, and, and I just want to let everybody know that, listen, you were all right. No matter what you did in 2000, 2007, marketing-wise, it worked, period. Well, in the next generation, that's that's not how it's working. I just read an article from one of the largest, Barclay Evergreen, one of the largest marketers in the world, and you know they're starting to identify it and see it and say that, well, these millennials, they just don't like to be marketed to. They would much rather be marketed with. He's almost there. What they really want to be is communicated with, like I said earlier. And, and, and so now it's, a, it's about going from awards to awakening. And in this awakening is this feel good that comes with doing what's right and having a business that's based on benevolence. And, and the, powerful, the most powerful thing is giving has never been more rewarding than it is now. And, and I truly mean that. Giving's always been rewarding, but it's never been so rewarding from a spiritual sense or from a financial sense. Profit is a great word. Profit is a great word. Giving has never been so rewarding as it is now. And what I mean by that is you're going to give, and now people can tell so many more because of social media. And be, people are more connected than they've ever been. Uh, and, and now they can tell so many more people about you and about what you helped them with uh, that it, it, it's amazing how fast it can spread. It sounds like you've been on a pretty personal path over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Ever since 2008, it sounded like something shifted in your mind. What, what was that shift? I went through an experience. Uh, in, in, on December 18, 2007, I uh, had seven blood clots through my system because of a knee surgery, and, and one of those blood clots passed through my heart. I flatlined for, for a little while. It was one of those where when, when you're touched uh, with your... Uh, lack of longevity, <laughs> if you will, you tend to start thinking about your legacy. You start thinking about how you want to be remembered on this earth. And and I'll be honest with you, something happened uh, that day and, and the weeks after that, and I fell out of love with all material things. I do not love any material things. Uh, I am extremely fond of having a nice home and having nice cars, but I don't love any of them. I love people. I, 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 love, I love my Max, my, my son, two and a half years old. You know, I love my wife. I, 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 uh, I love people, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. It's all about, everybody's saying it's, it's all about relationships. And then they go, what, what the heck does that mean? 
Well, it's, it's all about building those relationships and creating those relationships and nurturing those relationships. Uh, and it's all about people now. It, it's, and what's amazing is once I refocused on the people, my business blossomed. My hours shortened at what I call work. Uh, my joy of living is through the roof. Uh, I feel good every day. I would love people to shadow me um, because, and I have had people shadow me. And at the end of the day, they're just, that that was the most awesome day I've ever seen in my life. And I even act as their assistant for an hour and call their database and have some fun with it. it it's all about people. It, it's all about people. You know, treat treat people with the ultimate respect. Help them. Help them no matter what it's in. And, and it, people are just like, they're so worried about business. And the thing is, is you're so worried about business being bad or struggling or whatever. Well, the more you think about it, the more you bring it about. You're thinking about how bad the market is or how bad business is. That makes it more bad, and it makes business more bad. Uh, the more you think about how great people are, the more great people you meet. You've recently, you know, come back into to my life in a bigger way, and, and that's that's important to me. So, so what has led you to write the book, 7L? Well, December 18th, 2007 was the first day. I literally was in ICU after having a pay, uh, temporary pacemaker put in. Literally, one of the first things I asked for from my wife was, bring me a notepad if you don't mind. Uh, because my dad actually had cancer uh, for three years when I was going to school. My dad was a very powerful man. He was a teacher, coach, coached three sports Made like $2,000 a year his first few years of teaching. Ended up making more than that, of course. Did it for the love and uh, his one regret when he passed away. I happened to be the one that went back and took care of him out of the five kids. And his one regret was that he had never written his memoirs. And I can just imagine right now sitting down with Max, reading my dad's memoirs. I mean, can you imagine how powerful that would be? Well, what I learned from that is a couple things. One is I need to get out of my head what what we're doing, why we're being so successful. You know, America's most referred real estate professional. What you know, I get all these questions. How does that happen? What did you do? And it's like housewarming parties. What do you do about the housewarming parties? And I could send them the system, but there's so much more than just the process and procedures of the housewarming party that makes it all go. Uh, so that's what the book is. The book is the answer, the complete answer of how to become America's most referred real estate professional. And there's somebody out there right now, Luke maybe, that's listening to this that that's going to be America's most referred real estate professional. Somebody dedicates, focuses, they can get a thousand referrals in a year. My passion is split right now. It's real estate, but my bigger bubble is 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 making a difference out there telling people about this what keeps you motivated you know what that's that's a great story because it's one of the things that really motivates me are these emails and these phone calls that i get i was getting ready to quit the business i was ready to get out i read your book i decided i'm going to give it six months this book has not only changed my business but it's changed my life and not just people that had struggled to that point but we're talking fellow, you know, star power stars and, and CRS top notch people uh, and, and, and these masters of the business that got whammied in 2008. And then they they email me or call me and just say, I've redefined my business 
and I've gone from awards to awakening, and I've realized that this this is where it's at. This is what I want to be. That motivates the heck out of me. So is there one part of the book that is your favorite chapter? The dedication and the heartfelt acknowledgments are my favorite part of the book. The dedications to my father, uh, who had over a 1,000 people at his funeral, I ask uh, a lot of times in my seminars and also in the front of the book is how many of your clients would attend your funeral? Well, my dad had over 1,100 of his clients attend his funeral. Uh, and then the heartfelt acknowledgments, people give me a hard time about it because it's like two pages and it's a list of people who have impacted me. You know, everybody from, from Gary Keller and Howard Britton to, you know, my brothers and sisters. Uh, but, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And I even put in there, you know, every single person I've met with because it has impacted me in one, one way or another. The, the chapters that I get the most, um, that people say have the most impact on them, is, is chapter three. Chapter three is uh, one of the first coaching sessions that Rick goes through, and, and it's, it's about mindset. And, uh, you know, that really embodies three chapters in my next book. This one chapter will be three chapters in my next book. That's how powerful this one chapter has become as people keep coming back to it. And it's mindset matters, mission matters, and message matters. And your, and your mindset matters is you got to refocus and, and, and set a referral goal and focus your energies on generating referrals. That's, that's the first mindset. And the way to generate referrals is to give. Serving leads to deserving. The other one is mission matter. You know, why? Why are you in this business? What is it all about? Do you really want to have a team of 50 people who do one transaction a year so that you can walk up there and get the 50 transaction award at your at, when you made $17,500 over the year. Is that really what you want? I don't think so. I mean, the management and the headaches and everything else that's associated with that. No, it's, it's what you need to do is, is, is build your business through the people, build it with quality. You know, it's no longer about quantity. It's about quality, uh, not numbers and transactions and volume. We've lost our way there. Uh, sorry to all, all the brokers out there that, that, you know, and what's funny is I'm seeing the brokers change as well, but it, it, it's no longer about quantity. It's about quality, man. I'll tell you what, you take one person and you treat them with love and you get them through that transaction. You have a housewarming party 45 days later, you know, they're telling the 25 people, you got to use this guy as your agent. You got to use this girl as your agent. And guess what? Leading with quality leads to quantity. Leading to quantity leads to heartache. Are there systems in the book that people can implement right away? Absolutely. The, the, the book is like, I really wanted to make it like the ultimate textbook. You know, what would the ultimate textbook? We're so used when we say textbooks from school, we have problem number one, problem number two. You know, number one through 23, it's your problems. You have a lesson, then you have 23 problems to do at the end of the chapter. Okay, I was just thinking, I have a background in teaching. I taught mathematics in high school for four years. I'm so glad you didn't ask me at that beginning because nobody would have ever made it to this part. But high school mathematics, and it's like, okay, what would the ultimate textbook be? Well, it would be a story. So I wrote a story. It's a love story, uh, you know, two guys after one girl and, and some twists and turns throughout the story, a really good fiction story. But I also wanted to power up the parable. And I powered it up by telling it in a unique way, which is going to a presentation and going through coaching sessions. During those coaching sessions, if you do 
What coach tells Rick to do, you will see the same transformation as Rick does. Give me an example. I'll tell you one example is is uh, you know time management such a, a big deal, and one of the I can give you a lot of samples from this exact chapter, which is so fun because it's not just one, but one of them is is do it now. You know, do it now uh, it, it is a powerful statement. It, it, it's simple. It's kind of like when like in fifth grade, you probably didn't deal with this, but I certainly did. Is I was sitting behind Molly. Molly's really cute. I pulled Molly's hair. Right. What's the teacher do? The teacher pulls me to the side after class and makes me write on the chalkboard, I will not pull Molly's hair. I will not pull Molly's, you know, 50 times, right? So the next day, school comes along. I'm sitting behind Molly. What am I compelled to do? Pull Molly's hair. So I pull Molly's hair. After school, 100 times, I will not pull Molly's hair. Set behind Molly the next day. I'm yanking her hair out by this time, you know. What it is is, is that I've basically been brainwashed. Well, you can, you can do it. Th- and by the way, your brain does not think in terms of not or no. Now, I'll give you an example. All right, nobody listening to this, I abso- do not, absolutely do not think about a pink elephant. Great. Hard not to do that because your brain doesn't see not. You can reprogram your brain to overcome procrastination. And that is through do it now. One of the exercise coach runs Rick through is that he has him uh, do the do it now exercise, which is simply seven rows, seven columns, 49 do it nows. And three times a day, Rick, all he has to do is cross off the do it now 49 times. So do it now, do it now, do it now. He does that 49 times. He does it three times a day. And by the end of the week, he has shown a significant difference in the way he marches. Uh, you will see the people. And if you want to see this, you can go to youtube.com slash 7LTV. And me and Natalie Southwick, um, somebody that I had coached, do the Do It Now exercise. And it will totally reprogram your mind to the point where you are sitting there. You're really tired. It's 6 o'clock. You'd really like to go home, but you know you need to take the sign out to put it in front of a listing. So you think, do it now. I do. I think this all the time. Emails, whatever it may be, I have this do it now mentality. And guess what? You go, instead of going home, you put the sign in the yard, you're driving home, your phone rings, that person calls, you get a new client because you did it now. And that's just one example of many, many, many that that one exercise can overcome. Michael, I've been seeing you tour around the country now with a lot of seasoned agents and newer agents in your audience. What do you think they're looking for? You know, that's a great question. I think one, it goes back to the brand versus reputation. I think that part of it is I have a reputation for being a helper. I think some people honestly show up to thank me. I, I think they're just saying thank you. And anything on top of that is cherry. Then the, the, there's the other group. And I think it, the thing about real estate is there are 360 degrees of avenues to go down. You can go down the expired path. You can go down the FISBOs. You can go down short sales, REOs. Uh, you can go down cold calling, door knocking. Uh, you can go down all these other di- these different avenues. And they either don't know which avenue they want to go down, or they're looking to strengthen their the street to go down. They're, they're, they're looking to strengthen their journey, 
down the database avenue, the the building a community avenue. And that, you're exactly right. That is definitely growing. People are finding out that it's much more fulfilling to build a business based on your database, based on people you know and the people they know. How do you describe success? You know, you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> I I truly I truly believe and and maybe I think my mind was changed on December 18, 2007. I was very driven. I'm still very driven but very differently. But in there is no success or failure, only growth. There is no success or failure, only growth. Uh, and, and I truly believe that. Uh, I'll give you an example. Is Shannon, one of my buyer's agents, who I love. She's been with me 11 years, out of 11 years. She did miss six months in the middle. She joined another company. So grass is always greener on the other side. She found out the grass is greener where it's watered. So she came back, and uh, just recently, she, she went out. She has a brilliant listing presentation she got the listing and she's calling me she's like oh it's great i got this listing it's fantastic i was competing against five other agents and i go shannon that's fantastic that is awesome that's super now have you talked to the seller since they told you that you got it and she goes no and she knows there's a learning point coming up so you know it's instantly oh what (laughs) what did i forget and, and at that point, it's just like, you know, are you open to a little coaching on this? And she's like, sure. And I go, do me a favor. Call the seller and, and find out why they chose you. Just say, you know, you, you had five or six different people to really go through. What, what made mine stand apart? And they're going to tell you. And then I want you to just ask, what can I do to improve my presentation when I, I do it for the next person? There is no success or failure, only growth. The problem I see, uh, especially 2000, 2007, is a lot of people were having success, so they quit growing. Now that we've had failure, a lot of people are learning to grow or having to grow. And, and I think that no matter what, you win, you learn. You lose, you learn. I, I think there is no su- success or failure. There, there's only growth. What was the best piece of business advice you've ever gotten? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I've had a lot of that. The best business advice, I think it was probably from Alan Dom. And he said to save your money. He said, you'll be far more wealthy investing in real estate versus selling real estate. Uh, and that, that made me, th- he hit me with that when I was three or four years in the business. So luckily I caught that message early. Um so I, th- I think that might have been it. Is that is and and it maybe even kind of started to think that the world is bigger than selling real estate, and and I think that triggered triggered that part of it. What advice then do you give to those who are getting into real estate mm-hmm. are starting to see success? What turns you into a real estate investor? That's interesting because I I uh, I stepped in very gingerly. Um, something I've found is perfect is the enemy of done. <laughs> Because cause I, I had that over-analytical piece of me that was always like, well, the numbers aren't perfect. Uh, now I'm, I'm less stringent on that. Of course, the numbers are much better now uh, in the market that we're in. Uh, I, would, I would say that uh, partner with somebody who's already done it. That, that would be my first suggestion is, is find a good, solid partner, somebody you believe in, trust, uh, and, and, and watch how they do it. 
I'm sitting here with Michael Mayer. I just want to remind the folks, if you have any questions for future podcasts, please uh, email them to solutions at crs.com. Michael, look in your crystal ball because you're getting to travel around the country and seeing a lot of different markets. What do you see in the future of real estate? There's going to be three strands of agents, in my opinion. And they are going to be the REO slash short sale avenue, the distressed property avenue. There's still going to be the expired for sale by owner avenue. Uh, cold calling's gone. Door knocking's gone. The, the third avenue is those who are going to learn how to communicate their solutions to their community and build their database. Finally. Everybody's been saying that they needed to do it, but now they can learn how. And, and through the system of 7L and the generosity generation, that'll be taught. But what's interesting about those three is you don't hear the, the, the tech agent, the internet marketer. Uh, I, I, I think that the REO short sale, I think the internet is a great way to market homes. I do. Uh, what's funny is there aren't very many of those who would trade 100,000 internet leads for one really good referral. You know, how many Mickey Mouses at Disney.com do you need? I'm not knocking that because the internet is what makes the third one, I feel, the most powerful avenue to go down. Because the REO short sale, listen, that's that's a that's a churn and burn. That's a transactional deal. The expired and first sale by owner, once again, that's that's a transactional conquering type of the third one is collaborative. The the benefit to collaborative is that your database will help you grow your business. And they're unpaid salespeople. They're truly unpaid salespeople. So they're the ones that can go out to the social media and the internet and talk about you and spread the word about you. I mean, it's happening. I mean, it, it, it's happening on my book side. It's happening on my real estate side. And the people have read it. it, it it's fun to see the mushroom um, grow and, and see it expand. Uh, and what's interesting is it doesn't matter how many friends that you have on Facebook. It matters how many friends your friends have on Facebook. And what I mean by that is if you say something great about yourself, it's just bragging. Posting your listing is just bragging. But let's say I have a friend who says, Michael Mayer listed this home. You ought to check it out. That's far more powerful. And, and you may have 2,000 friends, but the person who has 5,000 friends, that's your friend, is more is in a better position to help your business than you are. And I, I think that's what people need to understand. We've been visiting with Michael Mayer, the best-selling author of Seven Levels of Communication, 7L to those on Amazon.com, number one. Congratulations. Thank you. We also want to thank you for joining us on the Proven Path podcast. The opinions expressed here are the views of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Council of Residential Specialists. Thanks for listening to the Proven Path Podcast. If you have any questions or topic suggestions for the show, send an email to solutions at crs.com. Mm-hmm.